Guys, it is party time. Welcome to another episode of the Chad Prather Show. I still have a head full of snot, so I'm spreading DNA samples all over the planet. Let me ask you guys a question. Let's say, uh, hypothetically speaking, you live in a place that, uh, you know, your community, your neighborhood, your town suddenly uh, just burned down in a wildfire. You lost everything. I mean, you had to escape into the, you know, into the water by the road, uh, the ocean, the lake, let's say, just hypothetically speaking, because your car was on fire and you couldn't drive. There was so much smoke and people were dying on the streets. And uh, you, you, you know, you woke up to this mass devastation and, you know, I don't know, let's say eight, nine hundred people are missing and hundreds have died. Would your first thought if you had gone through that, would your first thought after going through this massive, tragic, chaotic event, would it be, hey, you know what I want to do? I want to go submit my DNA samples to the government. I want to make sure that they have my DNA so they can to help them um, identify uh, others' remains who were a part of this. I don't think that would be your priority, but that's exactly what's happening in Hawaii. The Hawaiian officials are pleading with Maui residents who have missing family members to give the government their DNA samples to aid the identification of human remains discovered in the ashes on the island. Now, I understand you can grab an element of logic out of that to say this would help us identify these remains, but I just don't think that'd be the priority. Is I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in the car. Oh, that's right, I can't jump in the car because it's it melted on the highway. Uh, but I'm gonna go down to some government facility. So they can collect my DNA. So you still have over a thousand people still considered unaccounted for or missing after the wildfires. And um, the Family Assistance Center has collected only 104 DNA samples from families with missing relatives. You know, something interesting about island life and and people indigenous to living on islands, they they typically just kind of do their own thing no matter what they go through. Um, It is a pretty independent spirit. Um, But... um, They're expressing concern. That's right. Maui prosecuting attorney Andrew Martin um, is running the center. He expressed concern that more Maui residents, they haven't just jumped in the, you know, just jumped in the building to hand over their DNA samples. Um, uh, You know, Brandon, when I, when I look at things like this, buddy, Mm -hmm. um, and the government says we need your DNA. Yeah. At this stage in the game, are you a little bit suspicious of what they're trying to do uh, on this? Oh, yeah. I won't even give Ancestry.com my DNA. You think I'm going to give it to the feds? <laughs> of course not. Yeah, I'm not going sw- to swab my mouth to discover that I'm 33% Eurasian. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I feel like... <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm less than... I was going to say, I feel like the people in Hawaii probably at this point know that the missing is kind of a bs statement like if if they haven't found them yet i think i think we can assume what happened exactly they're i mean like they're not going to be any less deceased yeah um just because they've now been identified um you know if 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 my family member has been gone after the wildfire for a week Mm -hmm. i don't think they're out walking in the woods hiking yeah, um, I, I and just haven't same. heard that this was going on. Yeah. If they're not responding to text messages, and, I, and I'm not trying to be callous here, I, I'm not. But it's like, it's like this is just another way that even in the face of tragedy, the government. And you call me conspiracy theorist all you want. I don't trust this government. Let me just tell you, I, this is just another way that they're going to invade your life. 
they're going to collect information on you. Um, they're going to, and, and I get it. Listen, I, you go through customs. You fly in from a foreign country. You go through customs in most major airports now. You don't even have to show them your passport. They automatically do a face scan. They know that it's you. They've got enough pictures of you from a driver's license to a passport photo. They know what you look like. They got your bone structure and all that stuff nailed down. You've been to the doctor enough. You've given blood. You've gone to labs and Quest Diagnostic and done a blood lab. They've got your DNA. I mean, this idea that, oh, I need people to come show up and, and we need to collect their DNA. They have your DNA. They, they have your blood samples. They, they've run enough tests on you, you know, from cradle to grave. I promise you they can dig up your, your records on this. So this, you know, that, that, that whole thing just kind of pissed me off when I read that. It's like, here, let these people grieve. You know, let these people do what they need to do. Um, but again, it's about control. This government wants to control you. And, um, I, you know, I, I don't know anymore, man. I, I'm at a point where I, 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 I said it yesterday. I said it last night. And I can't say it strongly enough that um, they're bringing this COVID thing back. And this is going to be another element of controlling you. And again, you want me to be a conspiracy theorist? I can do it all day long. Pfizer's stock is way down. Um, they need a profit boost. And so, yeah, why not? Let's, let's bring this thing back and, and you know, create the, create the disease so we can create the cure. The problem is they've never created a cure. Their vaccine doesn't work. Um, it gives you a whole list of maladies that are, you know, extra special add-ons uh, to your, you know, to your experience at the doctor getting the jab. Uh, you know, you got all kinds of problems, blood clots and, you know, heart issues and all the way down to freaking shingles probably getting herpes i don't know but um it's bad stuff play do me a favor before i get off this topic um play clip number 13 for me i, I wanted to see it yesterday but we, we just didn't get a chance play clip number 13. our immunity has been waning after the boosters and hospitalized hospitalizations are slightly up uh, there are no masks i see in the community and when i wear one you know when i'm at the airport or in the flight uh, I see people laughing at me. Uh, what what do, what are your thoughts on that? And uh, what, what do you any thoughts on what to expect in terms of uh, you know the flu, RSV, COVID moving into the fall? Well, um, first of all, you had about seven questions there, but that's good. Uh, I'll try to <laughs> I'll try to succinctly answer. First of all, we are not done with COVID. We know that. I mean, if you look at just mm -hmm. the last uh, couple of weeks, that the number of cases last week are 12% greater than they were the week before and 25% greater than they were two weeks ago. We have an uptick in cases and in hospitalizations and in deaths. It isn't anywhere nearly as bad as it was a year, a year and a half ago. So we're not saying we're in an explosive surge. Does Brandon, maybe you know, does Fauci, I thought he was going to retire. Is he still... I part mean, of the government. I mean, has he still got a job? I mean, it's hard to retire when those checks keep cashing, right? <laughs> I don't think I, if yeah, I, I don't blame him for anywhere. not for not turning down the money. Like you might as well get paid. I'm I'm more concerned with the people paying him at this point. Yeah, I mean, the guy's 900 years old. He's going to stick in there until you know. Again, he's he's making a lot of money, which he always has. Uh, he's he's real good at killing folks off. But um, you know, yeah. somebody needs to just squash this putz at this point. I, I'm tired of his voice. I don't want to hear. You know, 
Here's the thing, Fauci. No, we know that COVID isn't over. We knew that when COVID hit, COVID was never going to be over. Uh, you know, they're like, uh, I had somebody that texted me yesterday. said, oh, I hear this in your voice. You got this stuff going on. Just be careful. COVID's going around really bad right now. Yeah, that's what I did. I, I mean, it's sort of like giving my DNA to the government. I woke up today and I was worried about COVID. I, wasn't, I didn't wake up today worried about the flu. I wasn't worried about the zit on my ass. You know, I, I'm not worried about COVID. You know why I'm not? Because I'm not living in fear. I'm not running around waiting on CNN or whatever talking head news station to interview Anthony Fauci so he can tell me that I need to be afraid because, oh, there's an increase by 25% over last week. Who gives a damn? Who cares? It's an illness. It's a flu. It's a whatever you get. Oh, it's killed people. You know what else has killed people? Wildfires. I don't wake up today worrying about a wildfire. I, I don't. I, they, we just saw the tragedy in Hawaii. It could have happened anywhere. I don't wake up today going, oh, shit, you know, I need to worry about that. The fact that we allowed people like Anthony Fauci to dictate to our lives for three, four years now, going on four years of what we should be afraid of and how we should live our lives and things we should adhere to and rules that we should comply with is baloney. It proves to me that the independent spirit of Americans is dead. They're dead. It's dead. You guys, we have lost all sense of being revolutionaries. I mean, just 250 years, that's all it took for us to allow the boots of tyranny to step on our necks once again. That's all it took. We, we are, go back and study your Roman history. Go back and study the dwindling of the Republic and, and how it just absolutely degraded itself into an empire. That's the days we're in right now. It's human nature. Human nature, just like the Israelites said in the Old Testament, give us a king so that we can be like the other nations. Give us a king. God said to them, you don't, you don't need a king. I'll be your king. I'll, let, I'll help you govern yourselves. And they said, nope, we want a king so we can be just like the other nations. They were envious of other people's tyranny. We're at a stage in this game where if we don't stop this, it's over. In fact, it's over. Let me just go ahead and, let me just go ahead and call the game, okay? It's over. Because we have developed vaginitis. I mean, we've all grown one big fat-ass vagina, if you want me to be honest with you. And, and, and you know what we're doing? We're getting screwed. And we're okay with it. Somehow we like it. Because you know what? We love our first world comforts. Oh, as long, you know what? I'll wear the mask as long as I can go eat the Chinese food buffet and keep putting that junk in my fat ass. Oh, COVID might get us, but you know what? I'm going to go load up on cholesterol in the meantime. Oh, yeah, as long as it's open, I'll slap a mask on my face and breathe my own human filth. This idea that we're free is a myth. I used to argue with people on this. I used to tell people, I'd say, come on, man, listen, I've been to other countries. I've been in third world countries. I used to have to show my papers just to cross certain borders. You know, I mean, from within, from one region to a next, you know, there's a roadblock here. I got to prove that I'm alive and breathing and the person, you know, in this passport and in this visa is actually me. And I was like, see, we don't, if I go from Texas to Louisiana, to Mississippi, to Alabama, to Georgia, to South Carolina, all on I-20. I don't have to stop at every border and go to a checkpoint and prove who I am. I was like, see, we're free, but we're not because we've got these other checkpoints. 
Look at all the different checkpoints, all the things you got to do. You got to get medical procedures just to exist in free society. You have to believe a certain way. You have to adhere to certain things. If I question the government in any way, shape or form on their handling of of the Ukraine debacle, then I must be a Russian propagandist. So I, I got to, you know, I got to fill in. If, if, if I believe in limited government, if I believe in the Second Amendment, if I believe in free speech, if I believe that people shouldn't be fact checked for an opinion, then oh, he, he doesn't check our boxes. So let's cancel him. If he calls out cutting the penises off of children, you know, a, a, a Nazi, you know, Holocaust type medical torture procedure if he if he says that that's there's something wrong with that if he says there's two genders if he says that men can't be women and women can't be men oh that's hate speech we got to cancel him deplatform him he can't go out and function anymore so again we're not physically stopping to show our papers but we're not free because you got to check all of these metaphysical boxes philosophically and the problem is the philosophy is crap it's not good philosophy so this idea that you as an American have liberty to go out there and, and think through some things. No, no, just show up and give us your DNA. I have a problem with that. I don't know about you guys. Me personally, I have a problem with that. In the next segment, we'll get into the debates. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk about the Trump interview with Tucker. Um, I've got some interesting takeaways on that. So before we go to break, as central banks in countries like China, India, and Australia begin transitioning into a digital currency, the Federal Reserve has been contemplating the same for the U.S. With a digital currency, <laughs> the government could track every single purchase you make. And don't even think they're not doing it already, but they could do it easily. Officials can even prohibit you from purchasing certain products or even easily freeze or seize part or all of your money. And it's coming, folks. There are some of the reasons. These are some of the reasons that concerned Americans are reaching out to our friends over at Birch Gold Group. They want to have a physical asset that's independent from the U.S. dollar. Gold held tax sheltered in a retirement account. You can learn if gold is right for you. Let me tell you, it is. If you'll text CHAD, I spell it CHAD, to 989898, they will send you a free info kit on gold. We've got an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, countless five-star reviews. Birch Gold has been helping our listeners from the very beginning. Text Chad to 989898. Claim your free info kit on gold because if a central bank digital currency becomes reality, it'll be nice to have some gold to depend on. Hang tight. We'll be right back. All right, Brandon, did you watch did you watch the debate last night? Did you even care? No, I mean not really. I kind of caught some of the highlights, <laughs> but I mean, without Trump there, like it's they're boring. Like they I feel like people were tricked into thinking those are entertaining <laughs> because they've only seen ones where Trump was involved. And then you uh, see yeah. like normal politician types and you're like, "Oh, no, this is actually boring. I forgot." Yeah, it's like we're watching politicians yeah. here. Um, and it's funny to me that, um, you know, I, I didn't wa I did not watch them. I was I was otherwise disposed. I had something else going on last night that I had right. to be a part of. And um, <clears throat> I, I didn't watch it. I uh, couldn't watch it. But you know what? You don't have to watch it because you know what? You can wake up the next day and you can watch all the clips on Twitter. Mm hmm. And you're going to get the highlights. Interesting thing to me is, is there were no real, there's no zingers. I, I mean, everything is Vivek or Chris Christie. Yeah. There's no Ron DeSantis. Yeah. No DeSantis. He was, he was 
from what I saw, he was a little awkward, which I think is just kind of who DeSantis is, but it really just felt like Vivek was doing a tryout to be VP. Yeah. I, I think uh, I think that's a good good deal. Now it's interesting to me, and you brought it up during the break that Trump, of course, had his mm-hmm. uh, interview with Tucker Carlson. They put it on Twitter, and that was what 170. I think it's up to like 175, 180 million views at this point. Yeah, yeah, right around there right now, which is just insane for something that's been out 24 hours. Yeah, less than. Yeah. Less than at this point at the time of this taping. Yeah. Um, there's no telling what that will be by the time. You know, and it's just, you know, and a lot of people looked at me and they were like, well, I don't, you know, Trump needs to be a part of the debate. And I'm like, Trump controls the game. This is this is a one candidate race. It's 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 Trump's to lose. Yeah. And and also people say, oh, we, we, we want to know why wouldn't you watch the debate? I, because I already which Brandon, you don't vote. So I, no. I hate to call you out like that. But you're pretty <laughs> proud of the fact the uh, I, you know, I, I already know who I'm voting for. Yeah, it's real simple. Yeah, it's real simple. I'm voting for Donald Trump. Yeah. There it is. I mean, I don't know if I've said that publicly or not. I think I have, but I, I'm voting for Donald Trump. Yeah. Yeah. The only and, and again, it's the principle of the thing at this point. I was going to say the only the only thing I didn't love about him not showing up is I feel like they're going to cancel the debates with whoever the, the Democrat nominee is. And I just uh, yeah. Donald debate. Donald Trump is just a fun animal. It's like I've said everywhere across the country. I'm like, I, if nothing else, I miss Trump for the comedic value. Uh. People are like, oh, yeah, that's what you want, Chad. You want a comedian. I was like, you want a real funny guy. For No, no, no. You don't don't miss the point. Uh, the, the point is there is an entertainment element oh, yeah. to Trump. I mean, you know, Trump Trump got on there with Tucker and said, you know, these indictments are bullshit. You know, yeah. uh, that's that's the beauty of it. Trump's going to say whatever Trump wants to say. He's going to say it however he wants to say it. And he doesn't give a damn about his detractors. He, he mm-hmm. doesn't care who comes after him on that thing. So, I mean, the dude's got a big set of balls. And, and I like that in a president. You know, I, I think I don't know what Joe Biden's working with, but it ain't much. <laughs> and so, you know, those those shriveled up things, He once he takes them out of the nut bra, they probably drip in the toilet when he sits down on it. And at least, again, as I said yesterday, at least Donald Trump knows his Twitter account. He know, Or, you know, he did. He knows his password. Um, so anyway, um, let's let's get into a couple of interesting clips here real, real quick between between Tucker Carlson and Donald Trump. Play clip. Let's start at the top. Uh, play clip number one. Do you think we're moving towards civil war? There's tremendous passion and there's tremendous love. Uh, You know, January 6th was a very interesting day because they don't report it properly. Uh, I believe it was the largest crowd I've ever spoken before. And you know some of the crowds I've spoken before. And uh, like July 4th on the mall, uh, I think they had a million people there. Uh, But I think that the biggest crowd I've ever spoken before was on January 6th and people that were in that crowd a very, very small group of people, and we said patriotically and peacefully, peacefully and patriotically, right? Nobody ever says that. Go peacefully and patriotically. But people that were in that crowd that day, a very small group of people went down there, and then you, there are a lot, of, a lot of scenarios that we can talk about. But people in that crowd said it was the most beautiful day they've ever experienced. There was love in that. There was love and unity. I have never seen such spirit and such passion and such love. And I've also never seen simultaneously and from the same people such hatred of what they've done to our country. 
So do you think it's possible that there's open conflict? We seem to be moving I, I towards something. Know. I don't know, because I don't know what it, you know, I, I can say this. Uh, there's a level of passion that I've never seen. There's a level of hatred that I've never seen. And that's probably a bad combination. See, those types of answers, and, and listen, if you're listening and you, and you have the ability to think critically, you, you can, you understand what the man is saying. But those kind of answers are the things that gets Trump in trouble. Those are the things that create, that create his create his haters, quite honestly. Um, you know, you're asking a direct question, and he says, well, you know, there's passion, and there's love, and there's peace, but then there's also hate and vitriol, and, uh, you know, God forbid there's ever violence in the streets over political differences. Um, you know, you have, to, you have to look at the situation and say, man, this is a powder keg in a lot of ways. There are a lot of people that are very, very frustrated. There's a lot of people out there that are willing to lose their lives over what they believe in. And, and, they're, and I can't detract from somebody who does that, you know, lives with that level of passion. But, you know, the fact that we're even having to have, having to have that conversation should tell you where we are as a country that it's not good. And um, you shouldn't have to ask a presidential candidate, you know, are, are we on the verge of a civil war? Uh, but yet here we are. People are that passionate. People are that angry. And as I said in the first segment, they are tired of the fact that our liberties have been stolen from us. And, um, you know, it's brutal. It's brutal. The, the, you know, <clears throat> but here's a guy in Donald Trump who I'm not being facetious and I'm not, this is not a hyperbolic. This is not exaggeration. They want the man dead. The left wants Donald Trump dead. Now you have to ask yourself why? I mean, why this, this is more than political differences. Um, you know, it, and again, this is more than saying a man is racist or he's whatever. He's a xenophobe or any of the accusations they've thrown out there. Oh, he's a fascist. No, Donald Trump historically is a classical liberal. He was not a guy that you went to to get your political insight from. Uh, Donald Trump. Uh, he was a he's a cultural icon. Everybody in Hollywood, everybody in the music industry, they all loved him. And you know what? There's plenty of clips from Oprah Winfrey on down. Everybody loving on Donald Trump. But something changed. Something changed. Was it just because he ran for office? Why did Donald Trump become the most polarizing figure in American political history? What does he know? What does he know? The idea that we are now talking about civil war in a, in a conversation with him as a presidential candidate. You have to ask yourself, what has driven what has driven people to that level of hate? I'm not talking about people he's talking about that were in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. I'm talking about the people who, who are coming after him. You go on Twitter right now and you say something about Joe Biden and you'll have 25 people comment underneath there about how much they hate Donald Trump. It's not part of the conversation, but yet they're going to make it part of the conversation. Why? What does Donald Trump know? Why is he such a threat to America's federal government political system? Play clip number, uh, skip down, play clip number four real quick. The trajectory since 2015 when you got into politics, yeah. you know, for real, and then one, uh, there, it started with protests against you, massive protests, right. organized protests by the left, and then it 
moved to impeachment twice. Right. And now indictment. I mean, the next stage is is violence. Is, are you worried that they're going to try and kill you? Why wouldn't they try and kill you, honestly? Uh, they're savage animals. They are people that are sick, really sick. You have great people in the Democrat Party. You have great people that are Democrats. Most yeah. of the people in our country are fantastic, and I'm representing everybody. I'm not just Republicans or right. conservatives. I represent everybody. I'm the president of everybody. But I've seen what they do. I've seen the lengths that they go to. When they make up the Russia, 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 when that's exposed and they go down and Barr should have gone after them and other people should have gone after. And they did very late because the Durham report came out. It was fairly good. It could have been a lot tougher, I guess, but it was fairly good. But it explained how corrupt it was. Uh, I'll tell you who did a great job was the Inspector General Horowitz. He did a phenomenal report. You didn't have to go to Durham. He did it on Comey and on, I guess, McCabe and some others. And it was a vicious, it was basically a true report how bad they are. But these people are sick people. These are people that uh, I think they hate our country. You want to know the truth. When you see open borders, when you see these policies that they have and so many other things, it's so sad to see. You know, we have a country that's very fragile right now. I've never seen. I, I will say, look, uh, I ran in 16, which was 15, but I ran in 16, election in 16. And there was tremendous spirit. Uh, in 20, there was even more spirit. We got many millions of, we got millions and millions more votes. You know, it wasn't even a contest. People said, well, what do you think of 20? I said, we did much better. We did. You got to base it on the number of votes. We got many more votes in 20 than we did in 16. But the election was rigged. It was a rigged election. But, and with COVID, they use COVID to cheat in a lot of different things. And we have so much on it. It's like so easy. But we had judges that didn't want to look. We had people didn't want to get involved. They said they called you. He's a conspiracy theorist if you say anything about the election. But I have never seen spirit like there is right now. Even coming down here, just at the people on the road that are just absolutely going crazy. And the reason is, I think they like me, and I, I know they love my policies. I hope they like me too. You know, a lot of people say they don't like me, but they like my. I think they like me, but. I have never seen spirit like it is right now. And the reason is because crooked Joe Biden is so bad. He's the worst president in the history of our country. I wanted you to see that whole clip <clears throat> because, listen, if they kill Donald Trump, let's just call it for what it is. That's it. That's it. It's on. I mean, it's on. And. If that were to happen, and, and I love what Trump says, he says they're savages and they hate this country. There's no other excuse. They hate this country. You would not have open borders. You would not have this level of, of taxation and inflation. Uh, the, the fact that they're criminalizing your way of life in a lot of ways. They hate this country and they hate you. And, and it's ultimately not about him. It's about you. He represents you. And you say, well, what does that mean? Well, free thought, the idea that somebody can go in there and buck the system and, and change things and say, you know, we're going to do it this way. They hate that. And so they're coming for you. That's why I say, you know, as Tucker said, are they going to kill you? What's keeping them from killing you? I mean, think about the words right there. If that happens. You want to talk about violence? That's when it's going to happen. That's that's when it's going to happen. 
and God forbid it ever does. Um, hey guys, you got to clean your guns. Uh, it's a fun transition right there, huh? <laughs> got to clean your guns. It's one of those things you got to do. It's a dirty job, but you got to do it. Uh, those patches that you've used forever, they're messy. The rope uh, bore snake, is, it sometimes hides the dirt whenever it comes through the barrel. That's not good enough. Fortunately, I found a better solution with my folks over at Barrel Buddy. Barrel Buddy, it compresses to fill the interior of your gun's barrel, making sure to clean the rifling grooves. Comes seven different sizes to match any caliber firearm. Barrel Buddy is composed of polymers that don't leave behind residual particles, so it's safer as well. It cleans by scrubbing and collecting the particulates, then it absorbs any remaining residue and busts the interior surface clean. You can even lubricate your firearm while you're cleaning it. Hey, you gotta clean your guns. It's an important part of being a responsible gun owner, and Barrel Buddy is a new concept that's a better way to take care of your firearm. So, Get some today. I guarantee you're going to love them. Go to BarrelBuddy.com today. That's BarrelBuddy.com. We'll be right back. All right. We got to talk a little bit about the debate. Um, I um, I don't know. Do we? Do we? I mean, again, Vivek, who I love, I, I think he is running for vice president, um, and that'd be great. Uh, Chris Christie is a fat lump uh, who brings literally nothing to the table of value that I see. Um, he's just there to be noise. And, um, and then uh, Nikki Haley, who I forget exists, and Ron DeSantis, who has increasingly not impressed me. Um, it, I just don't think it's his time. I'm not saying it won't ever be his time. I don't, I don't know if it will or not, but it wasn't his time. And that's my take on that whole deal. And, uh, yeah, so play clip number, uh, speaking of fat lumps, let's give him, let's make him relevant for a minute. Uh, play clip number 10. People are dying of bad climate change policies than they are of actual climate change. Governor, Governor Haley, are you bothering me? The death rate is down by 98% in the last century. Listen, listen, listen. Hold on, hold on. I've had enough. I've had enough already tonight of a guy who sounds like ChatGPT standing up here. And the last person in one of these debates, Brett, who stood in the middle of the stage and said, what's a skinny guy with an odd last name doing up here was Barack Obama. And I'm afraid we're dealing with the same type of amateur standing on stage tonight. So, again, perfect example of how Chris Christie operates. He's got to use some kind of mafioso attitude to try to jump in there and insult somebody like the, you know, bull in a china shop kind of thing without having any actual articulate ability to logically express himself. He just got to throw the insults around when you've got Ramaswamy, who he accuses of sounding like a chat GTP. You know, <clears throat> I mean, what? He's eloquent. He can speak to the point, um, I, you know, and, and then he accuses him of being like Obama, which is absolutely ridiculous ridiculous um that's but again hey here we are that's politics right that's politics as usual equate your uh, immediate opponent with someone who is an arch nemesis and then now that's forever etched in somebody's brain is the last person who ever talked like ramaswamy's doing was obama so you got to automatically associate that um 
Ah, and then, of course, uh, Donald Trump Jr., he was there. I mean, of course, a number of the surrogates for the Trump campaign were there. Um, And uh, Donald Trump Jr., he said that Fox News blocked him from entering into the spin room. Play clip number 15. Said you can't go in the spin room. They're telling me right now, Fox Fox won't let me into the spin room. That's what the American people should know. This is the kind of. They're telling him, he works for security here, but they're telling him that I'm not allowed to go in there. Because the candidates that they've been boosting while simultaneously trying to cut down Trump for the last, what, two years? Didn't perform as they had hoped. So they can't have someone who can maybe be a representative of my father. Just like a few weeks ago when I was canceled after the first indictment, I was scheduled to go on. And about five minutes before I'm on, I found out I'm no longer on because apparently I wouldn't be a great surrogate to talk about my father's indictment. Just so we understand what we're dealing with here. So it shouldn't surprise any of us. And it's also why Trump was 100% right to not go to this debate. It's beneath him. And when you know that you're walking into a setup because of exactly these kinds of circumstances, you understand exactly what's going on in mainstream media, even conservative. It's very I like to knock I like to knock the one the side, but I gotta call balls and strikes. This is no different than what we see from the Democrats. The uh, I mean I if you're in a state where you're trusting in anything the mainstream media is telling you, you need to understand it is all biased. It is. It's biased. They're going to do they're going to do a couple of things. You know, the fact that they're blocking Trump Jr. from going into the spin room and said, you know, here, we're not going to allow somebody. I mean, if anybody should be a subject matter expert on talking about Trump, it would probably be his son. The, the, you know, the guy that kind of runs everything, you know, with Trump International. I mean, you would think it would be his son. They're going to block him out of there because, again, they have a bias. They're always going to tell you just enough to whet your appetite. And then they're going to leave you wanting more. That's that's the nature of the, you know, the, the fantastical way the news media does things. So they leave you on a cliffhanger. They leave an information vacuum there so that now your questions and your ideas and what could possibly happen rushes in to fill it. And then you get called a conspiracy theorist because you want to know the details. But unfortunately, there's no more objective journalism anymore. And so they leave you with more questions than answers. And that's what they're going to do. The guy who could have given some answers who possibly could have speaking to the su- spoken to the subject, Donald Trump Jr., they won't even allow him into the room. So if you're going to continue to turn on your television or wherever you're going to be and you go to MSNBC or CNN or even Fox News, you need to know that you're getting, getting a biased opinion. You're getting an op-ed at this point. You're not getting journalistic objectivity. At the end of the day, if you know the opinion of the reporter or the, uh, the the writer or whoever it is that made the story, if you know their opinion on something, then it was not objective. These guys have a slant. They have a bent. They have a bias. And they do not want, ultimately, truth to get out there. So the fact that they did this is a sham. It's a joke. And I agree with him. That's a good reason for Trump to not be there because he knows that the deck is stacked against him. Why walk in and be a part of something where you know everybody in the room is already against you in regards to letting truth get out there? How long, how long do you think it was? How, how long do you? I mean, honestly, how long do you think it was that Fox News and all these other CNN, all these others that you can list off, you know, they, they knew about the hoaxes. They knew about the scandals. They knew about the you know Russian collusion nonsense. They knew it was nonsense. But did they talk about it? No, they kept you dragging along because it was something that sold advertising. And I'm telling you, if you're at a stage in the game, you're at a stage in the game where you're not, you know, going and getting your information directly from the source. I mean, I had my buddy texted me the other day. He said, he said, I'm at a point now where I'm just getting all my news from you. I said, well, that's frightening because I'm not telling you the news. I'm definitely telling you my opinion. Um, but 
you need to be you need to be after chasing after the source and if that is a direct interview on twitter or x with you know between donald trump and, and tucker carlson or you are supporting independent broadcasters and you're subscribing to a place where you you know that's why I'll, I, I love i love things like townhall.com just get the news just get the news and uh, uh, I love the blaze for that reason, because, again, we're not up here telling you what to think. We're telling you how we think. And then you can sort through it. But we're not we're not deceiving you into telling you that these are this is exactly how you need to look at this narrative. No, we're telling you what we think about this. So anyway, um, it's bad. I, before we go to a break real quick, um, man, this is strong right here. Play clip number 12, clip number 12. Well, we learned that we can have tyrants at every level of government, didn't we? We, we had tyrannical little mayors and governors uh, and folks believing that they could dictate the American way of life. I am not going back to gutter dining. I am not going back to sitting outside of a perfectly good restaurant uh, just because the powers that be want that type of social control. Uh, I think we can vindicate the rights of our fellow Americans, particularly in the free exercise of religion, uh, following what we learned from the lockdowns of uh, COVID. And if they're coming back again, I think we're going to have a lot more Americans a part of our political coalition to stand for freedom. You know, we saw the political coalition for Republicans really grow when you had Democrats trying to lock people in their houses uh, with their kids and tell them that they couldn't go to work and couldn't experience the American way of life. So uh, I think actually, uh, you know, Democrats would really uh, suffer a political consequence for that if they go back down that road. I tell you what, guys, if anything, and I know I I like to bitch and bark on here, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged because I love what I'm hearing. I, I love what I'm hearing. And, and, you know, Matt Gates might have an extremely punchable face. Um, he's arrogant. I get it. I understand. I can appreciate the sentiment. But, hey, where's the lie? Where's the lie? People are sick to death of this nonsense. And, and they're sick to death of politicians getting up there, parading themselves around like they did last night in, on that debate stage and pretending like they have the answers. They don't have the answers. They want the power and they want to be folded into the swamp so that they can have that legacy and uh, go down in history for whatever reason. But a guy like Matt Gates comes out there and says, hey, listen, we know that there's we know that there's all kind of tyrannies that are out there. So you got a choice at this point you got a choice at this point are you going to be a pawn that plays into the tyranny gets folded into that swampy garbage or are you going to stand against it and say no i think liberty is something worth fighting for i think this is something that matters and it's worth the sacrifice that's the question you have to ask yourself and i want you to ask yourself that question i want you to ask yourself right now what side are you on because because my die is cast I'm, i'm going with the political prisoner I'm going with the political prisoner. I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. And and if he's not on the ballot, I will write it in. I will write his name into the ballot. I will go. I will stand with the political prisoner. And if that makes me a cursed anathema, whatever that makes me, if, if, if I'm a guy who you don't like anymore or, oh, I, you, you, you Trump this, you know, I know warp speed. I've called out Trump on everything. But that's the guy. That's the guy. The only thing we can do at this stage in the game to save this country is be anti-establishment. What are we going to sacrifice? I don't know yet. It's going to be a lot. But we've already sacrificed a lot. Do you realize how much stuff we've given up? Our government is so big, it'll never be smaller. But we can limit its reach.
And that's what I'm asking you to do. Make that choice and determine what the future is going to be. Because if we don't, this country's dead and there's no coming back. All right, guys, uh, there's been a seismic shift in the legal system. There was an oppressive legal precedent in place since 1971 that was recently overturned by the Supreme Court. The Americans who benefit the most are the people of faith. So you need to get the word out about this. It happened because high school coach Joe Kennedy, he's the guy who would take a knee in prayer on the field after his games. Uh, Doing that got him fired. But now the legal precedent that got him fired has been taken away. It's gone. To celebrate the victory, the folks over at First Liberty Institute created the First Freedom Challenge. And what they do is they want people to fill the local stadiums and pray pray after the games that they go to just like coach kennedy on his first game back friday september 1st here's a couple of things you can do to promote first freedom challenge one go to rfia.org sign up and commit to praying on september 1st two record a short video message challenging people to take a knee in prayer with coach kennedy and three share your video on social media share it Uh, let the world know what matters to you and that the freedoms intended by our founding fathers well they're coming back join me take the first freedom challenge sign up at rfia.org we'll be right back i'm going to remind you today what i've already said don't let them put that mask back on your face don't let them put your children behind plexiglass. You remember when they had people on TV hugging each other through plastic and they had their arms in the... Don't do that. Don't let that crap come back. Don't let that crap come back. You're, I think you're smarter than that. I think that you can think for yourself and make your own decisions. But please, God, let's have some critical thinking. And when they try to implement this stuff, because it is coming back, they're going to try to make it come back. Let's stop it right now before it ever before they ever start trying these mandates. You, you don't have to adhere to their mandates. Stop doing what the federal government tells you to do so you can be comfortable. There's more important things in this world than you being comfortable. Okay. There's a, uh, if you don't think, I mean, you don't want to see, you don't realize how crazy they are. Just for example, before we're gone, the New York Times on Monday published an op-ed piece that literally claimed elections are bad for democracy. (laughs) What planet am I on at this stage in the game? Um, they, They published the essay suggesting that American democracy would be better off if voters were spared from the daunting task of using their free will and God-given rights to select the candidate of their choosing. That's where we're at. Um, they've, they've now changed the, the original title for it. They've changed the title now. <laughs> the title was Elections Are Bad for Democracy. That's the New York freaking Times. They now says now it's the worst people run for office. It's time for a better way. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, they wanted his whole premise was he wants he wants to bar voters from electing personalities that may prove distasteful to progressive elites at the Wharton School and other Times readers. Um, let me tell you something, buddy. What's this guy's name? What's this guy's name that wrote this article? Uh, uh, Adam Grant. Uh, Adam, I, I, I want you to do something for me. I'm going to bend over and I want you to pucker up. And I'm I'm going to ask you to kiss my ass. And, and we're just going to leave it at that, okay? Um, because you're stupid. And the idea 
that anyone should listen to. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want you censored. Please, God, keep writing dumb shit, okay? Because it's entertaining. Please keep putting that out there. But the lack of thought that goes into something like that is so damn stupid. Um, so, yeah, Adam, I, I want you to kiss my ass. Here's the deal. I will vote for whoever I want to, and I don't care who it offends. I don't care who it offends. I'm going to stay on this thing to the point where ultimately I'm going to get Brandon to vote. I'm going to, I'm going to drive Brandon. I'm going to drive you to the polling place <laughs> and I don't care who you vote for. That's up to you. I'm just saying quite honestly, I don't know. I don't know who I would suggest you vote for it. Quite honestly, Brandon, you know, maybe I'll just show but up. It's and fantastic. Write, I'll show up and write my own name in <laughs> at this point. I mean, that's, that's fair. I mean that, you know what? That is literally democracy. <laughs> that is democracy. Voting for a, uh, Cacistocracy, is that the word? Where you're voting for the personality? or I mean, it's whatever. Anyway. All right. We got to go to a break real quick and then a couple of announcements. Um, uh, it is a cacistocracy. Um, all right. Highs, lows, soaring spirits, gut punches the stock market's volatility has been a good reminder of why we diversify our portfolios. New data from UBS shows private assets like fine art can be especially valuable when looking for low core relation as they have historically moved independent of stocks. So Bloomberg reports that equities cratered last year, art prices, they increased along with the highest total sales ever for major auction houses. Now, the art market has actually passed its pre-pandemic level. How can you take advantage of that? In other words, how can you invest in art and make some money? Well, tens of thousands of everyday investors already use today's sponsor Masterworks, where you can invest without needing millions or an art degree. Hey, this guy right here, I own art. I own art. I've invested. Uh, and uh, every painting Masterworks has sold to date has delivered a positive return to their investors, including net annualized returns of 10, 17, even 35% all this year. Naturally, past performance is not a guarantee of future returns, and any investing involves risk, including loss of principal. However, Masterworks 15th uh, exit as a Cecily Brown piece was just sold a couple of weeks ago for an annualized net return of 70 77.3%. Now, our audience can get a special access to skip the wait list. Just go to masterworks.art slash Chad Prather Show. Let me say that again. Masterworks.art slash Chad Prather Show. And uh, check it out. And uh, you'll see the important disclosures at masterworks.com slash CD. That's masterworks.art slash Chad Prather Show. Be right back. I even taught you guys a new word, cacistocracy. How about that? Use that in a sentence sometime today, cacistocracy. That is a government by the least suitable or competent citizens of a state. That's right. So that's basically their way of saying Donald Trump isn't suitable to be who you know we're voting him to be. Uh, from the Greek, cacistos, worse, and kratos, rule, the worst to rule. Uh, but you know what? I don't care what Adam Grant with the New York Times has to say. I'm still voting for Donald Trump. How about that? Oh, boy. I will be in Kansas City in a couple of weeks. I'll also be in South Dakota and Wyoming. I've got a show coming up in Granbury, Texas. We'll be back there at uh, Granbury Live. So I'm looking forward to some good shows uh, and still having some fun here in Nashville. I'm here next week as well. So I want to say a special thanks to the folks here. Uh, I was driving out of the studio yesterday, and they got this little gate that opens up, you List very secure, and uh, I passed Jason Whitlock as he was driving in, and he looked at me like.
like, white boy, what are you doing in my place? And I was like, man, thanks for letting me come in and pollute your studio a little bit. But uh, no, special thanks to the guys here in Nashville, as well as uh, Brandon and Joe back home in uh, in Texas and uh, for accommodating me. Thanks, boys. Brandon, man, one more week of having to get up early, buddy. And that's, that'll, you'll be good to go. Hey, I'm encouraging you guys. Uh, check out my uh, chat with the, uh, the folks from Babylon B at Overtime. You do it by subscribing to Blaze TV. We will see you next week. We love you. God bless you. Bye. Thank you.